0: we are the fantasy football fanatics my name is duncan and i'm joined this week by ben in la and gary in santiago chile welcome guys and yeah welcome back after a short summer but a bit of an FBL break i hope you've had a good one and um, gary i'm going to come to you first and and ask you what your football moment of the short summer was
1: OK, well, yeah, first, uh, I apologise if I've got a bit of rustiness on this pod. I'm not sure I've had a proper pre-season to, to really get into the swing of things and uh, really uh, get get match fit. But um, hopefully I won't pull a, pull a vocal cord. Um, I, I guess uh, it's been brilliant having the, the Champions League um, kind of going, carrying on and having the knockout tournament. So um, for me, I mean, the, the highlight, it's a bit of an obvious one, but it was the crazy Bayern 8, Barca 2. Uh, it was like watching park football at a certain stage as the ball just went like, end-to-end. I mean, yeah, it, it, Barca getting torn apart, but but also kind of creating a few chances and a bit of chaos. And um, I think there was one point near the end where Messi tried to kind of dribble and he was forced back towards his own goal. And basically the, the four Bayern players swarmed around him, took the ball up in, scored. Um, and it was kind of, it was kind of that kind of dethroning of this great Barcelona team and all those players like Messi and Suarez and Busquets, kind of Puyol uh, not Puyol, Piquet I meant to, um, all being kind of pensioned off almost so um, yeah, that was, that was incredible
0: And it might, it might be so seismic that it might be Messi's last game, like you say, like end of an era, the, the kind of throning, but uh, it could be all over for Messi at, Bar- at Barca as well
1: yeah, we could we we can dream about him joining the FPL but um I I I read today that they 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 ruled that his seven million seven million 700 million euro clause is is uh he can't get get out of it so that someone's going to have to have some seriously deep pockets I think to uh to bring him to uh, to England. How much do you reckon it would
0: take to shift him? Like surely they won't pay that. Surely they'd accept something, you know, a bit less.
1: Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, was it Ronaldo was about the same age and he moved for, what was it, over a hundred million euros or about a hundred million. So, and then apparently his wages are almost a million pounds a week. So it would, it would, it would be, uh, I mean, there's only one team really. I mean, City, City know how to get around FFP. They'd have to do a major, um, major sleight of hand, I think, to to pull that one off. But if any, if any team can do it, it's City.
0: Yeah, they've got the lawyers to do it. They've- I've got practice and um, how about you ben what was your football moment of
2: the summer um i think my my football moment of the summer was just seeing some of the um less favored champions league teams um kind of win so i, I particularly enjoyed leon's 3-1 win against man city um a couple of really bad mistakes by city and um, really good counter-attacking by Leon. Um and just, you know, the one-legged nature of of Champions League I thought was was really um fun for upsets. So um I think that was one football moment. Um piggybacking off kind of the the Messi talk, I, I think that's also been really interesting. And I kind of really want Messi to come to um the Premier League uh just because I think it'd be really interesting. I mean, a lot of people think he of, uh, he's like the greatest player of all time. It'd just be really interesting to see him play in a different league where it is different to La Liga. And I just want to see, like, you know, Messi play against West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> um, I just think it would be really funny. Um,
0: Wouldn't it, would it be a bit of a shame, like, watching the end of Messi, like, as he kind of, his career starts to wind down a bit?
2: Yeah, I was thinking this too. Yeah, I was thinking this too, and he was still pretty decisive in the games that Barca won in the Champions League. And he is, you know, he's thirty-three, which is definitely getting on. But I still think he has maybe another good one or two years um, left in him. I think he would make Man City um, a lot better. Um, And as a rival fan. I don't really care because I I don't think Manu will be competitive in the next two years. So, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm really pro Messi coming into the Premier League. I don't know about you guys. Oh, a
1: yeah, bit that's... a bit of a random question, but it's it's kind of a bit boring if he went to City in a way. I was thinking if if Messi was to go to any club in the league, which one would he he win the most points for? Because I could almost see him like a if if he went to like a Wolves or something. All these teams that are like double marking Triore. suddenly they've got Triore on one flank and Messi on the other. Wolves would become like a, a serious kind of top four team. Um, it's never going to happen, but I mean, he's got enough money. Why does he have to go for so much many millions of pounds? Why can't he just uh, play for I the love of the should, game somewhere?
0: I think it should be a random draw, shouldn't it, across <laughs> across maybe Europe. and you know, <laughs> He just gets dropped somewhere, maybe in third division in uh, <laughs> portugal <laughs> or something like that um, my my football moment of the summer was uh was also in the champions league kind of obviously because that's what was happening football wise and um it was in the final uh which wasn't a great final i mean they they're often not brilliant are they but it was the end it was it was the the nasty part of me watching <laughs> neymar having a cry and almost refusing to go and accept his medal his medal because i don't like the guy very much and um, yeah, that, that just gave me a little nasty little smile. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree or if you think I'm I'm being a nasty bastard.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not fond of his histrionics. The way he kind of tries to get other players sent off. I mean, I, I guess a lot of players do it. I think it, he's just so over the top in the way that he does it that it, it kind of grates with me a little bit. But um, yeah, I I um, some of the histrionics as in the, the Champions League final at the towards the end are a bit a bit much, but I, I guess that just football's so overhyped and overblown, you kind of come to expect it. And I, I I thought it was quite a good final actually. It was very high quality, even if there weren't that many goals. I thought there was quite a few kind of very near misses and great saves and controversies. Do, so was, do you know, as I
0: game. was as I was watching it, I was like, this is the kind of game that Gary absolutely loves because <laughs> it was so tense and like it was almost like a like a bit of a chess game um, like buying with the high line and psg getting you know the better looking chances in the first half and stuff like
1: that um, so yeah
0: I, i'm glad you liked that one
1: yeah um, and i did i did i'd say i'd be even more excited about mbappe if he came to the premier league again i got, i don't think anyone can afford him than messi i mean messi would be a bit of a farewell tour but he's such an exciting player to watch he he obviously missed a couple of chances in that game, but he, he's absolutely electric. Just when he gets the ball, you just kind of think like the hairs kind of stand up on the back of your neck. You're like, oh, what's he going to do? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of glad Bayern won just because yeah PSG. Obviously, it's a bit of a hipster thing to say, but they're they're a bit unsavoury in certain regards. I definitely agree.
0: Um, Should we move on? So this is our first of two preseason pods. So the season is two weeks away, um, so we've, we've got the fixtures now and we've been tinkering with our teams and enjoying it and really looking forward to having a chat through uh, some of the FPL teams that each of us have picked out in the Premier League this season to talk about um, this week. Before we do, though, we've uh, reactivated our listeners league. So if you want to take us on, if you want to take on, on our, our current reigning champion as well, Um, then please uh, have a look for the FPL Fanatics Podcast League on the Fantasy Premier League site. The code to join the league is the number 6, and then it's F for football, T for technique, uh, 5, and then K for kick, and C for... uh, Anyone give me a football word, word beginning with C. Corner. Challenge. Challenge corner. Uh, there you go. So it's 6FT5KC. Uh, we'll, I, I, we'll I was hoping we'll...
1: for an X in there, so your off the cuff decision to uh, do, do the football <laughs> words. Who had there oh,
0: you say that's off the cuff? That was totally prepared. <laughs> okay, should we, um, should we have a look at some of the teams and get excited about um, the players that we've got and the prices we've been given? Um, so, Ben, do you want to go first? Who's the team that you've picked out? A team of interest?
2: My first team of interest is the big spenders this summer, um, Frank Lampard's Chelsea. So when, I, when I'm looking at teams to start off my first um, kind of draft with, I kind of look five fixtures ahead. Um, so Chelsea's first five fixtures are um, Brighton, Liverpool, West Brom, Palace, Southampton. Um, so pretty good, um, barring the Liverpool game. Um, and why I'm interested in Chelsea is I think there actually is quite a lot of value if they, if they suddenly become from like a pretty good champions league team to a title challenging team, which, you know, some people think they might be with all the the spending they've done. Um, if you look at their FPL prices, there might be some bargains. So, um, in defense, um, I'm not too interested in the, their defenders because I think Frank likes attacking and, and doesn't really keep too many clean sheets. Um, but, you know, Ben Chilwell just arrived from Leicester um, at 5.5. He's, he's injured right now, but um, might be interesting to look at once he comes back fit and is playing. Um, so, like, first choice left back at 5.5. I think the other interesting one is um, in Chelsea preseason right now, um, Rhys James is kind of like the starting right back. Um, so if he nails down a, the right back spot, like more fully, he might be good, good value at 5.0. Um, so that's kind of the defenders I'm looking at, um, midfield, I think is a lot more interesting because, um, you have Pulisic at 8.5. Hugh, um, is, is also has a niggle right now, but when he's back, I think is really good value. I think he's also taking the number 10 shirt this year, uh, which I just feel like is psychologically, um, you know, the manager believes in him. So an 8.5, that could be really good. And, you know, Pulisic was on a tear end of last season before he got injured. Um, the other one I'm interested in is, um, I don't know how to say his name, Zayek? Am I saying that ZH. right? Ziyech. Um, Ziyech at 8.0, I think could be really interesting. Um, he picked up a little bit of a, a knee twist in their last preseason game, so um, hopefully he's fit in two weeks. But I think at 8.0, he could be really great value um, in the midfield. And then uh, up front, I'm really considering uh, Timo Werner at 9.5. I think he'll be there starting number nine. Um you know, track record of scoring goals um, wherever, wherever he's been. And I think with this attacking lineup, we'll just have a lot of chances. Um, so yeah, those are kind of my my um, interesting picks from Chelsea, who I think will be a high-scoring team this year.
0: Did you see, um, did you see when FPL were released, the official account on Twitter were releasing like little snippets of player prices before they launched the game? they released Pulisic as 8 million yeah. and then deleted the tweet. <laughs> they were like
2: oh shit this is too low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoops typo 8.5 um, he would have been amazing at 8 although it would be a bit like a Martial last season yeah. such a bargain isn't it.
2: Yeah I think um, Pulisic and Ziyech could be you know 9.0 to 10.0 type players if they if they stay injury free and play play to form kind of thing.
0: I think out of the two I'm I'm more drawn to to Werner um just because uh he's playing in a he's been playing in the Bundesliga which is a bit of a higher standard than the Dutch league um and playing in the Champions League as well and has a great record in that.
2: Yeah.
0: I think it's I think his stats are 28 goals in the league in Bundesliga this season in 33 starts something like that and I think he picked up maybe eight assists um, something like that as well. So
1: He just looks pretty phenomenal. I think I'm right in saying that Chelsea played the the kind of one central striker pretty much every game. Like They never really attempted to to partner Abraham and and Giroud. Um, So do do we think Werner is just... He's obviously going to be first choice, but are they still going to be trying to give kind of Tammy Abraham and Olivier Giroud some game time as well?
0: I think what uh, Lampard said after he signed him, because he's been in... I think he was at Chelsea at the end of last season, just in training. He wasn't with Leipzig for the end of the Champions League. I think he said after he signed that he's going to play him as number nine. Um I don't know if that's, you know, you know, in the long term rather than straight away, because like like Ben was saying, they've got injuries to Pulisic, so maybe they need to fill him. He needs to fill on the left hand side of attack. But um, I think it's so fluid with Lampard. You know, he kind of changes things, and he's still finding out what his best team. And he's he's going to be signing possibly Havertz as well in the next few days. So, I, I imagine he won't know exactly how his team should look from the start of the season. He'll still be kind of tinkering with things and trying to find what works best. What do you reckon, Ben?
2: Yeah, agree. I think the the only mainstay in his team is uh, Kepper. <laughs>
0: Is he though? I, no, I'm joking. About I'm joking. Yeah. yeah, if if Pope went there for five point five, would you be interested, or do you think the Chelsea defence is just too? I think, dangerous? I think that I don't
2: know. That feels like a fair price, maybe. Um, I just, I just don't think he's interested in defending. <laughs> Basically,
0: yeah, yeah, it's not quite Burnley, is it? Um, do you reckon that uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi is interesting while Pulisic still has that injury? If he goes into the season with that injury, then. Callum hudson Adoy at 6.0. I think he picked up a an assist in the friendly for Werner um, quite recently.
2: Uh, not for me, because I, I don't know what. Yeah. Frank's front three, like you said, he could be pretty fluid. You may, I don't know, he may do something weird where he puts Werner on, on the right. Um, you also have Mount who can play there. He sometimes plays lofts cheek out wide. Um, so yeah, not for me, too much of a punt for me, Hudson no Odoi. Fair enough. And
0: from top of the table, potentially to maybe further down the league, Gary, you're going to preview the promoted teams for us and the championship. Who's the team you want to talk about first?
1: Well, I think, I think I'll start with Leeds. Um, so I, as much as it pains me to say it, I don't think we're looking too far towards the bottom of the table with Leeds. They, they have got a very good um, team that's kind of been put together by Marcelo Bielsa over the last couple of years. Um, I, think, I think what you would expect with Leeds is that they may be a little bit like the Sheffield United team that came up last year, that they've got quite a strong core of players who are kind of well-drilled and they basically buy into... Um, kind of Bielsa's philosophy around the kind of the pressing high tempo hard running game Um, so perhaps from a fantasy asset point of view um, I just realized I've said asset which is one of my pet peeves that Matt always says all the time but I will uh, but yeah but from a fantasy point of view um, I think that might make it a little bit difficult it may be they've got basically their, their first choice back for. Are all four point five million. So that might be the best route into Leeds. Is the defensively because they have a lot of the ball and they work so hard. They, they they've been quite hard to score goals against at times. Who are their um, first
0: choice back for Gary for the uh, uninitiated like me?
1: Well, so they they lost Ben White from Brighton. They, they've not renewed his loan. So I think it's Cooper, Ailing, Dallas, and Alioski. Um, and so of those, I'd say. So one that was interesting, perhaps, is Alioski, but he, he's very attacking fullback. I think he was a winger before. Um, so he he's one that I've maybe got my eye on um, as a as a potential um, player to have. Although he doesn't always start, so I guess we'd have to see. Um, they sometimes kind of bring him on as like an attacking kind of uh, either fullback or winger later on in the game. But he's one who, if he plays, I think he'll get involved and get and get quite a few assists.
0: So um, how how would that back four line up? Would Alioski be left back, and then?
1: Yeah, so the so you've, you've got eight. So I think I think, and you're testing my knowledge here a little bit. That you've got <laughs> uh, you've got Cooper in the centre. I think Ailing is the right back, and um, he's he's kind of like a mainstay. Ailing, he's been there a while at the club. Um, and then yeah, that would, it was it was Ben White who was the other centre back. Um, last year, who was kind of one of the stars for them, but he's now with Brighton, so if you want him, you'd have to have a look at Brighton, so unless, presumably um, Dallas is actually the other left-back, so they're, they're kind of a centre-back short there, those four are the ones that are £4.5 million each. Um, I think they've signed,
0: um, they've signed Cock, uh, C-O-K-O-C-H as a centre-back, apparently, from the Bundesliga, I think.
1: Ah, right, well, he's not appearing on the game yet, so I don't know what he's going to cost. Um, so, so yeah, I think, but I'd, again, I think you'd be looking at them more that a bit like the Burnley defenders, like the probably apart from Alioski, they're probably not going to be, be involved in too many goals. It's just that they might be part of a, a mean defense. Uh, I guess Ailing is the, the right back could be, uh, again, he, he got four goals last season, so, um, he gets forward a bit. So, so for, yeah, perhaps Ailing is the one. Who's a bit more guaranteed to start rather than Alioski? Uh, Alioski is a bit more attacking. He really does bomb on down the, the left side when he plays. Yeah, Gary, um,
2: just to just to come in here, I, I was reading um, someone converted the Leeds defenders last season into how many FPL points they would get. Um, and like you said, Ailing would have been second um, with four goals. In the whole, uh, for in the whole league? No, for Leeds. Right, um, with four goals, five assists, um, and then Dallas would actually have been their top-scoring defender with five goals and three assists, um, and I think he had he has more clean sheets as well.
0: I think what, so what I've read on so that, Dal- is that. Sorry, Gary, you go.
1: <laughs> I was going to say yeah. So so Dallas is potentially the perhaps the Lundstrom in there that he he sometimes plays in midfield. So I guess you've got value in a. And he he played every game by one last season, so he's a regular. So so yeah, I think that that could be um he could be again an interesting one if if he is going to be playing in midfield and obviously Leeds will have to be slightly more defensive in how they set up in the Premier League compared to the championship. So so yeah, that's that's another thought.
0: It sounds to me from what I've read with the Leeds defence is that Bielsa's Bielsa can switch them around quite a lot, you know. Ailing can play right back. He can also play center back. Dallas, like you're saying, can play left back or right back or in midfield. Uh, Alioski plays sometimes, but doesn't play other times. And they've signed this new pair. So it sounds like, it sounds like ailing is from what I've read is the safe pick because he played at the back in some position or other, pretty much the entire season, mostly at right back. So if you want to play safe, you go with him. Whereas if you want to take a gamble with someone a bit more attacking, then maybe Dallas and, um, classic like lunchroom he might start getting dropped um, because he's so versatile but yeah do you think that's fair or do you think
1: i think it's a bit more settled than that um i think he is quite loyal to his team so i've, I've been a bit like sheffield united you could lock in some of those so so yeah i, I think i mean again we're we're kind of guessing slightly here because there's still going to be the, the transfer deadline's been pushed back, and who knows? I don't think Leeds will kind of go and do a like Fulham did a couple of years ago and sign ten players and, and, and move a lot of players out. But but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think my like, Ailing is um, and Dallas are kind of a couple of their stalwarts, so they they will play every week. I think Cooper plays pretty much every week as well. So um, so yeah, they. I, th- I think I think they'll be quite useful because I don't think Leeds will concede that many goals um they, they 'll be they 'll be reasonably solid at the back, I think um should I go on to the i mean looking at the midfielders I kind of feel a it 's a little bit slim pickings here, but I mean one player so that to kind of say that the kind of the the real star for Leeds, like the playmaker the guy who's been like their standout player in the championship for me was was Pablo Hernandez, who I think people would would remember from his time with Swansea, but he is kind of thirty four now. Um, and I I think he probably, I'm not sure how good a value he'll be for FPL. He's 6 million, but he's, um, yeah, I think he's going to become a bit more of a bit part player this season. They've just signed this new guy, Rodrigo, um, who I think can play as a bit of a number 10. Um, so I, I'm not sure to what extent Pablo Hernandez is going to play, but he, I mean, he's, he's a guy who's, he's got a good dribble -er. eye, pops up around the box, scores a few goals, um then the other midfielder i'd say is interesting is a young young lad jack harrison who they they have on loan from man city they had him on loan last season and they've got him on loan again this season he's a very good player um so he's only well 23 um plays on the wing he played every game in the league last season um six goals and eight assists um so again 5.5 i, I wouldn't say you're getting a a guy who's going to of get 10 goals and really break the kind of bib but but he's a guy who could chip in in a squad um then to finish um so i don't know whether rodrigo is going to come in as a forward or a midfielder on the game but at the moment it's a very unbalanced squad as they've just got one forward uh patrick bamford now bamford is a bit of a Kind of a figure of derision for some of the Leeds fans. Some of them, particularly the first half of the season, he wasn't scoring goals, and the the, the fans were saying, "Oh, we love we love Bielsa, but why does he play Bamford every week?" Right? Well, he he actually got like 15 16 goals by the end of the season, and he, um, I think Bielsa loves him because of his kind of movement and some of the stuff he does off the ball. Um, and I'd actually I've got him in my draft team at the moment as a. I kind of feel like at five point five million. He's going to play every week in a team that's going to go mid-table. He's actually, perhaps sneakily, a bit of good value. I, I think he might, he won't be prolific, but I think he might potentially chip in with enough goals um, to be worth a punt. So so he's he's one of my punts for this season, or at least for the first few weeks, is uh, Patrick Bamford.
0: Do you worry a bit like, um, you kind of likened them to Sheffield United in the fact that they might be quite tight at the back and they've got a system and the players fit into that, that the strikers um, might fall into the Sheffield United striker patch, you know, like Bernie in and out. Well, not, not so much in and out of the team, because like you say, he's got faith in his players, but six goals for Bernie, six for Mousset, three for Sharp, uh, two for McGoldrick, you know, and do you think the fact that he might play more often, uh, I,
1: might get more I think Leeds I think Leeds have a bit more method to them than, than Sheffield United, I think Sheffield United have this, this kind of the way they overload the centre-backs but they can kind of cause chaos by having overloads but then their attacking-wise is quite blunt, it's just kind of get it in the box and hope something happens And whereas I think Leeds have got a bit more quality, like the guys like Harrison and Hernandez and maybe this, I, I don't know much about Rodrigo, but I, I feel like they've they've just got a bit more craft to the way that they, they play. And it might, it might mean what this means is rather than a load of guys randomly getting four or five goals, um you'll see kind of the same players like Hernandez, if he plays Bamford, Harrison will be involved in a high proportion of their goals. So I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you say you
0: don't know much about Rodrigo. I think he's played against Arsenal in Europe and I thought, at the time, he looked pretty special. And I was a bit sad that maybe we didn't go in for him because we are slightly light up top. But um, it just whether Bielsa plays him from the start and where, where he plays him, like you say, whether it's up front in place of Bamford or number 10 or where, we'll just have to wait and see and watch the um, preseason as well for Leeds. Keep an eye on that. Nice one, Gary. They sound, it sound exciting, Leeds. And it sounds like, from me being the Conservative manager that I might be. Is maybe I'm going looking at the defence
1: more than any further up the field at the moment. I think so. I, th- I think, um, I think they'll do well. It's it's try it's slightly tricky with this shorter pre season, but um, yeah, it's, you never know with Bielsa. they might crash and burn horribly. But um, I, I think I I'd kind of pencil them in for a, a kind of a be a kind of a similar to a sort of a Southampton or um, that kind of come about 11th or 12th. Um, probably about fifty points, forty-five, fifty points, that kind of team. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put three leads players in, but I think they're worth, uh, they're worth a punt. Nice one.
0: Um, so the first team that I will start with is uh, is Arsenal, my team that I support. Um, I think I think there's a couple of interesting things to chat about about Arsenal for FPL this season because I think they've been a bit of a non starter for FBL for a good few seasons now. It's been it has been the only kind of really serious option. And then maybe you transfer in a player for a little good run of fixtures just for a bit of a punt. You know, you might have Pepe for a double game week like last season or bring in Lacazette just for some good fixtures because he's on a bit of form. But apart from that, it's been pretty much just a Aubameyang. But I think we have got some interesting potentials this season to talk about. So I think the, the first one, who's a real kind of budget enabler and could be a bit of a gem. Ben brought him in during Project Restart last season. He did really well for him. There's Emmy Martinez in goal at 4.5. Uh, he looks to be winning the battle between him and uh, Bernd Leno for starting goalkeeper for Arsenal. And if you get a starting goalkeeper, okay, they did finish about 10th last season in the Premier League, but uh, there was a big improvement defensively since Arteta joined them in January. So Martinez could be a, a, a good uh, 4.5 to have in your team. It's a bit of a risk there because he is battling it out with Leno, who before he got his injury was, a, you know, one of our best players. Um, but I think for me, the way that Martinez sets the tone, passing it out from the back, which has been a big feature in the games where Arsenal have beat, beaten the bigger teams in the FA Cup. So they beat Liverpool and the Community Shield. And what their goal for Aubameyang was, you know, a nice, passing move started out at the back in defence and I think Martinez really uh, improves that, whereas Leno is a bit more nervous with the ball at his feet. I think that affects us. Um, whoa, 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 so Duncan, I, I,
1: might, I might just, I might just charge you. I've got Leno in my draft team at the moment. Are you saying that he's not going <laughs> to play? What, what, <laughs> I, I well, that, Duncan, what are the clues Martinez been? was being transfer listed or potentially sold, but maybe I'm completely on the wrong track here. Well, he
0: started in the... Um, in the Community Shield, which is, you know, for most football fans, it is a, it's a non-event. But for the managers, I think they're out. They are actually quite keen to pick up an easy bit of silverware. It's just one game. And Leno and was fit. Can... Leno was fit. Oh, yeah, wow. Leno was fit. I
2: did um, not know
1: that. But could, yeah, could this they... could this be a case of Martinez had won the FA Cup, so it was kind of giving him a. A chance to buy, it. I don't know, yeah. Duncan shock sure
2: dropping shockwaves in the FPL <laughs> community right now.
1: <laughs> well, I think the, the, the interesting thing
0: is that um, Martinez had actually been in isolation, I think. I don't think he'd been training much because he'd come back from Argentina, I think, uh, where he'd been for the summer. So I think there was some speculation that Leno would actually be starting and not Martinez because Martinez may not be up to speed yet and Leno has been in training, has there's been videos of him during the summer, you know, getting up, saving shots, doing the classic goalkeeper training thing. So I I was kind of really hopeful that Martinez would start, but was kind of thinking, oh, you know, he's going to put in Leno. He's going to put in the, the big first team player with the bigger name, but he didn't. Um, so that's that's definitely a, a good sign for me. I think also you've got to keep an eye on um, the preseason fixtures for Arsenal um, on their website or on Fancy Football Scout or something like that, because... He might say, OK, yeah, Martinez played in the Community Shield, but I'm going to play Leno um, in the next friendly. You know, there's still a couple of weeks to go, so keep an eye on it. Leno did play 40 minutes in the friendly before the Community Shield, and Martinez hadn't played a minute of preseason up until that point. So keep an eye on the preseason fixtures, but it's looking good at the moment. Um, so at the moment in your draft, at the moment, Gary, I'd say get rid of Leno and put in Martinez
1: instead. Uh, I might... I might just jump in here because, Duncan, you're the you're the master of the leaked team news. It seems to me that they've they've moved the game <laughs> week barrier like an hour and a half before kick off because Arsenal are the first game, aren't they yeah. against Fulham? But maybe this is to counteract this uh, this this yeah. journalist who's been leaking the team news five wow, minutes before. It's
0: not even just one. So there was FPL Rockstar, and there were a couple of others that were popping up at the end of the season, and yeah. As much as you kind of, like for me, as much as I found it useful, I did find it incredibly stressful. Like (laughs) you you couldn't make your transfer until two minutes before the deadline. And, you know, if you had to make multiple transfers and you found out that maybe a player you hadn't expected in your team wasn't starting or something else, you know, oh my God, it was stressful. So I'm quite glad about that because although it was a bit of an advantage for me against players who don't, keep an eye on that kind of thing on Twitter it was it was not enjoyable I really didn't look forward to the deadline so yeah I don't know there was talk that they might move it uh the FPL deadline two hours before the start of the game and I think that would really cut things off an hour and a half an extra hour uh half an hour on what it used to be um maybe there's still a little bit of room for early speculation but um hopefully it will help with that um it would be nice if it wouldn't wouldn't happen, but there'll still always be rumours. You know, we had, uh, was it last season or the season before where Jamie Jackson on the Guardian was saying uh, Aguero wasn't going to start or something like that or wasn't going to start? I can't remember, but um, there's still the chance for speculation and and rumours. So, um, yeah, so that's that. So elsewhere in the Arsenal team, um, a lot of people were quite keen on William Saliba who's been signed is 4.5 and people are saying, you know, Arsenal at 4.5. Um that's quite interesting under Arteta's new kind of defense. Uh, he did So he plays center back. He we bought him uh not this season, but we bought him at the start of last season and then loaned him back to Saint-Etienne in France. Um and he was about 18 when we bought him, so I think he's around 19 uh now, possibly turning 20 soon. Um, And he's highly rated, but he didn't start in the Community Shield um, and he has been in pre-season training and he's been with Arsenal, I think, since the end of last season. Didn't play, but joined the team after the end of the French League season. So he was a prospect and he was in a lot of drafts, but I think he won't be now because didn't start in the Community Shield. And Arteta went with the team that won the FA Cup. So holding, um, Tierney playing left sided um, central defender in a back three and David Luiz in central back three. And that's looking really strong at the moment. So I think they'll have to fight their way into that team. Um, so at the moment, it's just Martinez in the, at the back for me. The big talking point for Arsenal is Aubameyang being reclassified to midfielder, which I think is, is really exciting because um, people have said if he is, uh, points have been calculated as a midfielder. So his goals and assists and bonus and all that last season he would have finished just behind Salah as the third highest scorer in the game. Um, So with the improvement that Arteta, I think, will be bringing to Arsenal, that probably means that there's even more um, chances for Aubameyang to get points this season. So that's really exciting. Another premium option to add to the list, there's now loads of premium midfielders to discuss and we might come to that later. But I think Aubameyang from the start of the season is a great pick. You know, Fulham away, opening fixture, promoted team. Fulham, when they were in the Premier League last season, weren't so defensively solid. We'll see what Gary has to say about them and we come back to him. But Fulham and West Ham in the first two, that's pretty great. And he's a nice placeholder, price point from your team. Um, If you want to downgrade when they play Liverpool in game week three, you can bring in a City player or Man United player or something like that. So I think that's kind of perfect. Pepe, I'm not Pepe. Sorry, William. I'm so annoyed that they've moved his price up to eight million. <laughs> uh, it's just, like it's so it's so harsh. He's been such a like a a nearly man in FPL for so long. Just let him um, have his season. I know. Yeah, he started <laughs> last season at seven million, and I know he did all right. He he got one hundred and sixty-eight points, nine goals, nine assists. But he's getting older. He's joined a brand new team. Um. He, he was on penalties at the end of last season as well. And I think that helped out a lot, but come on a jump of a million. It's kind of ridiculous. So I think he's, he's kind of been priced out pretty much at the moment. Um, although I think there's a, an opening for him on set pieces for Arsenal. It's, um, you know, Pepe's all right on that, but it doesn't always start, uh, elsewhere in the Arsenal midfield. I think Saka 5.5 is one to watch got the assist in the Community Shield, had some good form um, last season, got his new contract. He's now playing I think he's number seven on his back so he's he's a proper serious first team player now but I think there's competition for places in those that front three and Saka is quite versatile. He can move around the team and fit in where he's needed so he's not a certain starter and there are other players in FPL at 5.5 who I think are uh, Gonna get more consistent minutes. Um, yeah, apart from that, Niketia 6. Million, 6.0 is an interesting one. Um, Arteta really likes him. I'm not such a big fan, but uh he just he just works so hard and chases players down and presses from the front so much. He's like a Jesus light, um Jesus without the finishing, maybe. Um, but maybe he can add that. Um so you saw in the community Shield, if you watch that game, he really pressurised the Liverpool defence and, and harried them a lot. So he's a he's a nice price point. If you're bringing in other players at six million, there's a, there's a few interesting ones, six point five, six million. 6 million. Um, Niketia, if he gets a run of starts, maybe if Lacazette like picks up an injury, then he's an interesting one um, for that kind of price point. I wouldn't say he's a one to have in your team all season because he will get rotated quite a lot. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it on Arsenal. Um, yeah, so a few more options than a Bamiyang, which is exciting. Um, should we go back to Ben? Ben, who's your next team to chat about?
2: Yeah, I can I can quickly go through um, Man U. Um, I, I, I suspect they won't be in too many drafts because they blank game week one because um, they they needed the extra rest from the Europa League, but um, after that, they have uh, Palace, Brighton, Spurs, Newcastle. So um, not terrible fixtures. I, I don't think there's too much to say about their goalkeepers or defenders. I think they're all fairly well-priced. So nothing, I think, super interesting there. I think the big movements for Manu have been kind of the reclassifications of rashford and greenwood from forward to midfield and the reverse um, martial is now a forward where where he was a midfielder um last season um from what i can tell the prices kind of all look pretty fair for the reclassification um so rashford is 9.5 maybe it could have some upside if he if he um gets on good goal scoring form. I think as we sp- suspected Bruno Fernandes 10.5 I think that's a more kind of reasonable price for Fernandes. Um the only one that could might be interesting is if Manu continue being terrible in the transfer market um it may mean that um Greenwood is played pretty much you know first choice like he was back in of last season. In which case, I think 7.5 actually might be a bit of a bargain. Um, Martial at 9.0, I, I think, is interesting. I still think Werner, for me, is, is, a, is a better pick. Um, but yeah, I think Martial at 9.0 could have some upside as well. So that's kind of what I see, uh, Man U-wise.
0: Do you think with, um, with Greenwood... I think I saw a stat recently that he had no big chances um, last season and he obviously picked up 10 goals. Um, so the chances he scored were harder than, um, you know, a tapping or uh, a one-on-one or anything like that. So do you think that's a, that's a positive for him in that? Oh, you know, he's, you know, when he starts picking up big chances, he's going to score even more. Or do you think that's a, a negative? Maybe he's not in the position he was playing. He's not getting into those kind of positions.
2: I think it is probably somewhere in the middle where i think he is one of those types of players like jamie vardy that outperforms their xg just because they're really good finishers um for me greenwood is worth his price if he is essentially first choice and it's just playing most of the games and i I think we'll have to wait and see how the transfer market pans out um but at 7.5 i think he's really good value if he's just getting you know all those starts in in a pretty attacking team is kind of my take.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm fully on board the, the Rashford bandwagon, I think. Um, So, yeah. And again, I I share your concerns with Greenwood that he's, you don't always know he's going to play or even play 90 minutes, but looking at, looking at Rashford as a midfielder, I mean, so he got 17 goals and eight assists last season. Um, if you compare him to like the big hitting kind of 12 million, so Mane was 18 goals, 10 assists. Salah was 19 goals, 10 assists. Sterling was 20 goals, 6 assists. So he's he's only a fraction short of what they were doing. I think he had a bit, a few less minutes than some of those as well because he had a bit of an injury at, at one point. So I think potentially if he if, if he just stays at the same level he was last season, he's going to pick up more points as a midfielder, getting the clean sheet bonus now and then getting the extra extra goal points so i I'm, I'm, i think i'm going to put rashford in in my team
2: yeah i think, I think it's, it's a of, good
0: shout there's kind of arguments for any of the the man u attackers the kind of big attackers at man u at the moment you know like gary i completely agree with you rashford if you look at his stats as well he's improved kind of markedly every season he's played he's gone from Uh, seven goals to 10 goals to 17 goals in the last three three seasons. His assists have have risen kind of in line with that as well. So there's every reason to believe that that will continue to happen. But I think even, you know, Fernandez, I think potentially that's a bit of a bargain at 10.5. You know, his points per game, you know, since he came in is the highest in FPL uh, midfielders, possibly even more than that. Um, uh, There will be regression, obviously, but I think... 10.5 Ten point five for the penalty taker for Man U, and he 's kind of their talisman at the moment. that seems like a
1: bargain in comparison to the other premiums um, i but... guess I guess with Fernandez I, yeah I, I've, I've kind of I was a bit annoyed because everybody else had him, and i didn 't so he became a <laughs> player I kind of hated
2: <laughs> for um, no reason
1: yeah it, it's kind of like is, is the penalty thing are Man going to get that many penalties because that's the way they play, they have a lot of quick players? Or was it a bit freakish that I think he's, he, he got so many penalties in such a short run of games? Because, I mean, there was like, was it was it Palace? Is it um, Mihailović or something? Yeah, you get, had a similar season where he seemed to score about 12 penalties and it was just that Palace got a lot of penalties that season. I think that was the Zaha factor. And, mm-hmm. you know, Man United have
0: more than... Zaha when he was on form. They've got Rashford, they've got Greenwood, they've got Martial, they've got three players running at speed uh, in the box. So I think it's it just a product of the way the man you were playing at the time. Um, and they do get a lot of penalties as well. Matt, Matt will enjoy me pointing that out. Just generally, <laughs> they
1: get the rub of the green. <laughs> it's, it's tricky then, because if you want to, if you, wanna, if, if you see a long-term team as having... Um... Fernandes, Rashford and Greenwood, like two of the three, you basically, you've got to decide, do you want to put them in your team to start with and just take the bit of a hit game week one? Or do you want to bring them in kind of as it, as it comes round? Because, yeah, um, I'd, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to play it.
0: What do you reckon, Ben? How are you setting up with your manu players with the blank in the first game week?
2: Oh, I, I'm I'm just not including them. I think I'll, I'll be wait and see. Um, we may talk about this later, but I just think there's so many good premium midfield options that um, you can kind of switch in and out. What, it, it'd be really scary to me, like benching Fernandez and like foregoing Obama Yang game week one when when he's playing Fulham, for example. <laughs> Whereas, like, I'd rather you know make that switch later down the line.
0: The only one i've seen with people including in the team and i can see an argument for is greenwood just because he's cheap and yeah so he's cheap, cheaper Yeah, and you can have a guaranteed player coming in for the second fixture and you don't have to book any transfers would you consider like holding a million in your bank uh so that you can bring in these players um you know at the moment i think i've got sun in my team and i'm potentially looking at a draft where uh, i keep 1.5 million in the bank so I can bring in Fernandez for Son in game of two or three. Do you think that's fair? Or do you think just put in a more expensive player and don't worry about it?
2: Yeah, I think you should definitely plan a couple, at least one game week ahead, if not a couple more. Um, and if you, if you really do want, like say a Fernandez, then I think it does make sense to plan ahead. Um, I'm not a big believer in like trying to fill your budget. Game week one, unless you're you're pretty set with it for for a while.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm the same. I think I'm. um As I said, I'm. I'm eyeing up Rashford, so I'm going to leave. My, my team's going to be a little bit undervalued the first week. But I've got someone potentially someone like Mason Mount, depending on what the Chelsea first eleven looks like, um, just for the first week, and then he will become Rashford for the game for the second week.
0: So you've got what, like two point five in the bank?
1: yeah wow okay well then you, you've destroyed my team already by saying that Leno isn't going to play so, um, <laughs> uh, he's I'm giving you gonna... more budget
0: I've given you more budget. you've got three million well, in the
1: bank yeah well I, I've, I've got to it's going to go through a few more iterations yeah yeah that's true um, what about your next promoted team Gary who's up next um so I'll, I'll jump into Fulham next um as I think Fulham are quite interesting as we, we've been talking about that first game against Arsenal. Um so I think again I and apologies that I'm kind of basing my knowledge of the championship off the, the two times that Wednesday has played each of these teams. So uh, but um Fulham did play very well against Wednesday. They they hammered us 5-3 at Craven Cottage. Um but they're a bit of a different team so so they kind of when they came up with Yukanovic, they were a very free-flowing, flary, attacking team that dominated possession. And under Scott Parker, they, they've become kind of a bit kind of grindingly effective, but a lot more defensively minded. So um, if people are expecting the same Fulham team that was a bit of a shambles at the back, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. I, I'm kind of saying... Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters. I think they're probably odds on for relegation having such a short, short turnaround, but it might be more of a a West Brom. If I sorry being too harsh on West Brom, but a West Brom style relegation rather than a, a Fulham two years ago relegation, in that they'll they'll be they'll concede less. They'll probably score less as well. They'll um they'll play kind of five across midfield. Um well, depending on whether you class the the wide the wide forwards as midfielders or, or attackers um, but yeah so so what so what i'm saying is kind of don't don't think it's going to be a goal fest against fulham the, the other thing that they have is they've discovered um a decent keeper in rodak uh 4.5 million and they've got um a fantastic center back in michael hector uh again 4.5 million um and so so hector Uh, of the Fulham defenders again he's not he's a bit of a goal threat from set pieces just because he's very good in the air Um, but I wouldn't expect he's never scored bags of goals in his career so I wouldn't expect him to suddenly be banging in six or seven but he is a good defender if you're looking for someone who's going to do a lot of interceptions perhaps pick up a few bonus points Um, and I think generally the Fulham defence will be better they won't be they won't be watertight but but they, they will be better Um, I think what that means for the attackers is they've got some familiar names, but they're not quite as tempting as they would appear. Like I'd I'd say, so Mitrovic is obviously the star and he scored 26 goals last season in the championship. Um, But strangely enough, and I was a big fan of his two years ago, I had him in my team a lot because that Fulham team would go forward, create a lot of chances and really kind of, give him a chance like he he was getting three or four good chances a game and he was putting away a few of them um i kind of feel like last season Mitrovic was just bullying championship defenders who weren't as good as him and it was more that he was just scoring goals that he won't be able to replicate in the premier league because he'll be up against better defenders um so i actually he got 11 goals the year they got they went down i'm actually a bit pessimistic that he'll I don't think he'll do much better than that. He may he may equal it. He's on penalties usually, but I he so he's a tempter, 6 million. He will start most weeks. Um they they tend to bring like Decod over Reed on as a bit of a fresh legs with 20 minutes to go. For Mitrovic. um for Mitrovic, yeah. Okay. Um, through the center. And again, they they may sign a few more players. Um then in the in the midfield, you've got Um, So you've got Anthony Knockhart, who has been my kind of troll um, throughout the years of fantasy football. He's been like a world beater in the championship and then dreadful in the Premier League. Um, But he actually wasn't that good last year in the championship. I think he might have just lost a little bit from his game. So he didn't start every week for Fulham. He kind of dipped in and out of the team, 34 starts, 11 sub appearances. So and you'd expect them to strengthen their squad. So he's not nailed on um, so if you want to look for a bit of value in Fulham, a couple you could go with is uh, Josh Anoma um, who signed from Spurs um, and again he's he, he, he was very good for them in the playoff final he kind of, they put him in this position where he plays is like the number 10 uh, behind the forward uh, he, he's kind of played some of his career a bit deeper as more of a conventional central midfielder Um, so he's an interesting one. And then, uh, the other interesting player of theirs is, is is Niskin's Cabano, who again is 5 million. Um, and again, I didn't, I didn't know much about him until the, like the closing weeks of the season. He scored like a free kick against Wednesday. Um, and he, he played well in the playoff fight. Like he, he basically, he was, he wasn't used to much of the season. Then he burst into the team at the end and he, he picked up like five goals at the back end of the season. Um, and he's 28, so he's not exactly come out of nowhere. But I'd, I'd say if you really wanted to go for a punt, um, then look at Anoma or Cabano, uh, Cabano as um, kind of five million players who who might just have a bit of an impact.
2: Isn't isn't Kenny the talisman type player, or is he just like not good anymore? Because I remember a couple of seasons ago he was he looked somewhat promising but I don't know what he's up to these days
1: he's a good he's a good player and he's he's kind of like he's a classic central midfielder kind of like slightly deeper lying kind of playmaker. like he he is he is an important player for them and he passes the ball a lot but I I'm just in a in a fantasy football sense that that kind of yeah not a threat yeah I mean he did get eight goals last season but bear in mind the championship, there is a lot of goals and there's a lot of <laughs> games. I, I I don't think um, that that necessarily converts. I think he does take a few of their corners and free like floats the free kicks in um, to the box. So you you might have that with him. Um, so, but, but yeah, you also have Joe Bryan who scored that that crazy goal in the playoff final where the mm. Brentford keeper was out of position. Who who takes some of the free kicks and cross at corners as well. So. Yeah, but he, he's he's worth a go. But five point five, he's not quite value for
2: me. Gary, I was I was planning to go zero Fulham. Does that sound about right?
1: Um, <laughs> prob- possibly, yeah. I'd, yeah. As say, I've, I say, I'd I'd say I'd say that they're not. It's more don't hedge against Fulham. Don't think they're going to be letting five or six in every week. Mm. I think they're going to be a lot tighter under Scott Parker. Like you just imagine what Scott Parker was like as a footballer—kind of a bit scrappy battling, <laughs> kind of a bit time-wasting kind of team. He basically okay. moulded Fulham a bit from a really great team to watch a couple of years ago, a bit more into his own image. You're breaking my heart, Gary. I was
0: I was completely that Premier League fan who has no awareness of the champions, championship and is just like, yeah, Mitro, he's had a couple of seasons since he was last here. He got quite a few goals last season. He's, he's cheap. He's six million. He's a bargain. I'm going to bring him in and put him in my team and they're going to concede five every week and i'm going to captain whoever's playing them so i'm glad that you've given us this preview it makes perfect sense that, that parker has changed them into a team with five battling midfielders <laughs> to slug <laughs> it out um yeah but yeah he is in my draft at the moment so I, I may have to rethink that if you think they're going to concede less than score less definitely from your preview and from looking at their squad definitely doesn't feel they are you know that attacking minded team that they were who was the the german that they brought in that season i mean they brought in a lot of players didn't
1: they but uh, felix magales
0: oh no 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 not, not the manager <laughs> not the man who, who made Getting the, the cheese ball, like, on fred leg
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: They put cheese on their knees <laughs> to fix them uh who was the the german world
1: cup winner like Oh, was Really. Sure, like, has, has he retired? I think I read him, somewhere he he retired. Must. Yeah, he must have retired. Uh, but he's not that old, I don't think. No, he can't be
0: that old. He must be like similar age to Muller, no? He, similar generation, maybe. But uh, it was that kind of a attacking team where they brought, brought in a couple of Mavericks. And yeah, like you say, um, knockout doesn't really live up to that kind of uh, attacking, attacking verb, I don't think. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I it's, just, it's a brutal I just realism.
1: I just looked him up a month ago. He retired at the age of twenty-nine. Surely.
0: Wow, that is young. Well, maybe they should bring him back in on free.
1: Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll have a bit of money sloshing around, and all these players will will want one of these free transfers to to, to bring in. Yeah, uh it's worth it. A- Worth the punt. He was a quality oh. player for a little. Was bit. it? Was it Ryan Babel they had last time as well, who came in for the? End oh a... yeah,
0: he dyed <laughs> his hair as well. That was awesome. Just that little bit at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, was that you drawing in breath to say something?
2: <laughs> no, I was just going to say my my favourite Fulham midfielders are like way back, like Clint Dempsey. Uh, the, the John the, Collins, Collins John era. Yeah, Juni, yes. Junichi Inamoto. you know, that oh. that era.
0: <laughs> who was the Frenchman who moved? Steve Malbronk. Oh, Malbron- he was an, oh,
2: FP- an FPL legend.
0: He was a legend. And we, who can forget uh, Brian McBride. Brian McBride. hero, Captain yeah. America. Yeah.
2: It, it's sad because it sounds like this season's and will not reach the echelons of those teams.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, i just spare a thought for john Mikel Serri, who was going to be touted at one point to be the replacement for xavi at barcelona and joined fulham in a surprise move uh, a couple of seasons ago when they came to the premier league and is still there <laughs> brutal um okay thanks for that gary on, on fulham uh, next up for me it is a team who i think are really really interesting i couldn't not pick these guys for my preview Um, it's Southampton the team that was kind of transformed after that 9-0 thumping by Leicester uh, to become one of the best teams in the league Um, I think they've still got some really good options on their prices this season so I think um, one of the big talking points is the 4.5 goalkeepers for this season and I think there's two or three possibly now with Martinez big contenders and it's McCarthy or Ryan at Brighton. And I think McCarthy just edges Ryan in terms of um, uh, points per 90, average points per 90, and also number of saves per 90 minutes since he came into the team um, after that 9 0 run. So I think with Southampton's fixtures, they're pretty nice at the start of the season. Uh, and they go on being nice if you don't early wildcard uh, for quite a while. You know, you can keep them in there. Um, he's a good shot stopper and uh, there was some speculation that they might be bringing in a goalkeeper but I don't really think if that doesn't happen before the start of the season that we have to be too worried about that because I think he did well last season Um, so he's a really good one Walker Peters I think as well at 4.5 a lot of people are talking about just having Trent and then lots of 4.5 fodder, I think he's a he's a potential one. If you don't go with McCarthy, then he's. I wouldn't double up in the Southampton, Southampton defence. But if you go for a different keeper, there's. I don't. Wouldn't say there's a huge number of 4.5 midfielders that are, um, brilliant. You know, dead certs to play in teams that will finish in the top half of the league and might get some attacking returns. And I think Carl Walker Peters, whilst not being the most exciting player in the world, is potentially one of. Those, you know solid pick um, and will pick up points during the season. So I think he's a good one from the defence. Um, in midfield, there's, there's quite a few options. I would say the best of them, uh, if you're interested in being stat-focused, I think James Ward-Prowse is on all the set-pieces, including penalties. Um, he's 6.0. Um, he He's the captain now, I'm pretty sure, and uh, he's a mainstay in their midfield. And I think if you can stretch to 6.0, because, you know, there's so many premiums in midfield this season that it is hard, I find, for a fourth midfielder to get all the way to 6 million. But if you can, he's one that I don't think a lot of people would be thinking about. His ownership at the moment uh, is about, you know, it's under 4%. So for a penalty taker in a, in a, top half of the league team in good form I think he's he's an interesting one
1: He takes a lovely
0: free strong. kick doesn't yeah. he he he, he kind of really whips take. whips them in. Yeah he does and you know set pieces don't often mean that you pick up a huge number of points but if you include corners and direct free kicks and penalties I think and also you know goals in open play he's capable of doing that as well I think he's, he's definitely a player worth considering if you can stretch to that um, so He's a good one. I think a lot of people are talking about the 5.5 midfielders because that seems to be the way that a lot of the template at the moment, the pre-season template is forming, Uh, your fourth midfielder being 5.5 million and picking between Armstrong, Stuart Armstrong at Southampton or um, Alan St. Maximum at Newcastle. And I think it's an interesting one because I think if I had a choice out of the two of them, I would probably be inclined towards Armstrong because... The end of last season he was one of the players on my list that i was potentially going to be bringing in uh for the last two or three game weeks because he was on great form he was scoring goals some Sam Th- Sam, were looking really good going forward and uh armstrong redmond and ings were forming a really nice partnership up front um he his stats looked good as well taking lots of shots um, so i think he was good the, the issue with him is that he gets subbed quite a lot on 70 minutes Southampton have a lot of players kind of fringe players that can come in for the last 20 minutes of a game like Gineppo who's struggled with injuries but is a talented player. They've got um, Josh Sims uh, who's a youngster who also gets minutes and at the end of last season uh, William Smallbone started to get minutes as well so there is kind of competition in the last third of a, a game where Armstrong can lose minutes if he's not scoring a lot, or if he has scored and he's looking method, So, that's my concern with him, is the minutes. But I think he's a really talented player. And then up front, I think, you know, Southampton have options all the way through. Danny Ings, I think eight 8 million would have been really nice. 8.5, he's still in my draft at the moment, my first or not my first draft, <laughs> probably about my 20th draft by now, but he's, he's stayed in my team um, pretty much since the start of me um, before the fixtures came out. and He's still there. Uh, I think last season, the end of start season, he was in such electric form and it's so recent, you know, it's so close to the start of the season. I think it still crosses over. And um, Southampton recently played a friendly against Swansea. so a couple of days ago. And um, if not more recently, and Ings actually took a, um took some of the penalties off um, James ward prowse I think, Um so maybe there's a potential that Ings is going to be maybe sharing penalties or
1: um, some of the penalties. Getting... How many? How many penalties did uh, did Southampton get in that friendly?
0: <laughs> well, I can't exactly remember. <laughs> you know, the the preseason like reports aren't the most like detailed mm-hmm. as to like who scored, who got the assist, what kind of a goal it was. But I'm, I I read that Ings did take a penalty at least, at yeah. least one. I think he got two goals and maybe an assist as well. But, you know, it's a 7-1 win, so there's going to be goals shared around the whole team. But that's pretty positive from an attacking point of view. So maybe keep an eye on the penalties for the rest of, rest of pre-season, but that would add to his goal tally. Mm. And then uh, Che Adams as well, who's, I would say he's one of Gary's kind of interests.
1: Is that fair, Gary? I was going to go, are you, are you going to go there after, after I tipped Che Adams for greatness last season and he uh, went and kind of 40 of games without scoring it, yeah, I, i'm not going <laughs> i'm not going to go there again dunk but if you want to uh, you not? if you want to give him
0: adams, the big yeah there's a lot of talk about him like i think he picked up he picked up a couple of goals maybe in that or at least one goal in that 7-1 win and i think it's a, it's the price point thing you've got mitrovic there at 6 you've got Che adams if if he's looking like he's a starting player in preseason, then it's another option and if you don't go with Ings as well, then you know maybe you went with Jimenez or Berner, Then Ing Adams is another option, but he's kind of competing with those. If you set up your team to bring in a Antonio or a Wood or a Mitrovic, he kind of competes with all those other players, and it's good to have another option at that bracket in an attacking team. Um, but you don't have to play him from the start of
1: the season. Okay. No, you're, you're, temp- right. you're tempting me here, Duncan. I, I kind of like the thought sort of <laughs> not being so horribly just, wrong last season. Maybe I'm just a season late. He, he's just maturing I think, now.
0: I think just bring him in. And what you can expect is goals from the halfway line every other week. It's realistic <laughs> about that. Um, so, yeah, I really like Southampton. At the moment, it's only Ings and McCarthy in my team. I kind of I got really excited about Emily Martinez starting in the community shield. And I was like, Oh, brilliant. I can take out McCarthy and bring in Martinez. But then I looked at the fixtures and I thought about it a bit hard. And I was like, actually, even if Martinez does start at Arsenal, the fixtures aren't the best to start the season. The first two are really nice, but then they go into a nasty, nasty little run of, uh, I'll just bring it up. Liverpool, uh, Man City, Leicester, Man United, uh, those four teams in five game weeks from game week three so i think even even with martinez starting i'd probably start with mccarthy and gold and start the team so yeah two two in my team at the moment and i really like them
1: but that's enough
0: okay. about southampton
1: is the future <laughs>
0: well yeah i don't know we'll see ben who's your next team
2: yeah, my final team is Spurs. I know they, they have a lot of buzz in the FPL community um, because their run of, early run of fixtures, um, people say are, isn't too bad. Um, Everton, Southampton, Newcastle, Man U, West Ham, Burnley, Brighton, West Brom. I'm a bit against the grain where I I think their fixtures are actually not as easy as people think. Like Everton and Southampton to start with, I don't think it's, it's that easy. And then you got Man United thrown in there as well. Um, even West Ham. Even yeah. West Ham. West Ham we
0: have to and
2: yeah. I just, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just anticipating another Jose Mourinho style type season for Spurs, where they they don't do too well. Um, I guess the big news for Spurs is Matt Doherty signed, I think today from Wolves. Um, so he comes in at six point oh, which. Um, will be their most expensive defender, um, FPL wise. Um, so that I think I I'm not super excited about it because that seems like the right price for Matt Doherty in the spur side. Um,
0: especially you can get Eric
2: Lamella for the same price. So why would you go for Doherty? <laughs> you know, um, British. we'll see if Serge Aurier is still there at 4.5. So are they going to rotate? Are they going to sell Serge Aurier? I, I'm not really sure. Um, in midfield, I mean, I think the pick is Youngmin Son at 9.0 seems like a, a really fair price. He scored a brace in their last friendly. I think he actually played up front because I, I think Harry Kane wasn't playing. Um, so I think that is the only interesting one. Maybe, maybe Deli Alley, if he starts getting some of his form back at 8.0 looks okay. Um but you know, I just see a lot of rotation in that midfield between Bergwine, Lucas Mora, Deli Ali. I think Son is the only one that's really nailed. Um and then, you know, Jose teams, they don't they don't try and beat teams four or five nil. They kind of get two nil up and then they do nothing. Um and then, you know, Harry Kane's at ten point five. Um he's not really in my kind of draft. Thoughts right now because I, I think there's just better value elsewhere. Um... It,
1: it's his lowest starting price for I think it's four seasons,
2: so it's a, it's, a, it's a tempter,
1: isn't it? But yeah, yeah, will he score as many goals? A lot of people, a lot of people were saying
0: at the end of the season last season that he was looking really, really dangerous. I didn't see
2: much of him. You guys see <laughs> no. that? he was he was playing defensive midfield most of the games.
0: No, no, like the last three or four game weeks, you know, when he picked up like a couple of braces,
1: I think. Um,
2: don't remember. But he, he missed,
1: because everyone was saying, oh, he's not quite as good, he, he's lost his edge, he's not as good, but he actually scored 18 goals last season and he missed about a third of the season or at least a quarter of it, so he he is still dangerous. He's, yeah, he's still all the points it.
0: in. I just feel like he's gonna miss those minutes again because the way that he plays, like, he just tries to play every minute of every single game. And... But
1: we were just we were just talking about Danny Ings. He's only two million more than Danny Ings, and like, who's gonna score more goals this year? It's it's obviously Kane. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Though <laughs> <laughs> you can play this back to me at the end of the season once once Danny Ings has got the golden boot and Kane is kind of limped out of the season. But no, I, I think Kane, you, you're pretty much guaranteed goals with him.
2: Yeah. I think I, I wanted to choose Spurs because I think there's a lot of hype around them from the FP, FPL community. And I'm, I'm firmly going to go the other way and say no Spurs.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Hey, what do you think about, you know how Aurier was playing as a, a quite advanced right winger and... Uh, quite a few points last season. Mourinho kind of moulded him into this weird defence where Ben Davies didn't go forward much and tucked in into a back three and Aurier was just like right up in the right wing. If they do that with Doherty, isn't that pretty awesome for his attacking output?
2: Yeah, I think it just depends on is it a rotating situation with Aurier or is doherty first choice i think it's kind of wait and see maybe check on their preseason games but 6.0 is is not cheap no it's not and, and you
0: know what you're going to get if he'd stayed at wolves but you're just not so sure
2: i mean i feel like his output at wolves you can argue will be higher than it, it is at spurs because i think they're better defensively um you know, you know what you're going to get. He's going to cross it into Jimenez. He's going to head it in, kind of thing.
0: It would be a settled defence as well, yeah. It, Wolves, whereas Spurs, he's kind of moving things around a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I've got I've got Son in my team at the moment. He's a bit of a placeholder for, um, you know, just keeping a premium spot in my team so I can make transfers later but i feel like his preseason form is pretty impressive i think that's four goals in two games something like that uh, and some assists as well so i think part of that is that kane hasn't actually started preseason yet because he's been uh, isolating i think so but maybe that affects the wasn't
1: start of the season. wasn't there this whole stat about kane kane never scores in august so he's <laughs> he's managed to get the whole league to move to september so maybe he's going to be ready I think it's possibly even his first game might
0: be for England, unless Spurs have a friendly before that. But we've got some international fictions, don't we, before the season starts.
1: Yeah, the, I think the, the internationals are next week. Um, yeah. And speaking of, well, of ex-internationals, there was no mention of, of Joe Hart in your preview, uh, Ben. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. 4.5. See 4.5?
2: 4.5. Third choice goalkeeper. Yeah, probably not for me.
0: Is it, do you reckon he's third? I think, he's, Gass- I think he's
2: third. Gasaniga's not a bad keeper. So, yeah.
0: yeah. He's just picking up the wages from a
1: big club, isn't he? Just to see how his career. It's a good move for yeah. him. I think. Yeah, he's he's gone into that third choice kind of veteran thing that keepers usually do when they're like 37, but I think yeah. he's only still about 31 32, isn't he? Oh, shit, really?
0: Maybe there'll be a second coming. Who knows? Um. Okay, Gary, who is your last team? I think some people might have an inkling who it is.
1: Yeah, well, so I'm doing the promoted team, so that leaves us with West Brom. Um, it's the, it's the, the best till last, isn't it? Yeah, well, so, so yeah, so I don't want to be too harsh. I did, I, I, so I was, I've seen West Brom kind of basically out-battle Wednesday twice. They, they beat us home and away, uh, which Fulham and Leeds didn't manage last season. So, um, so in, in some respects, they're clearly the best of the teams coming up. um but yeah I I don't know so I so my impression the championship was West Brom were quite solid like they were they were winning a lot of like kind of the aerial stuff in the in the box um and they they kind of were quite organized and quite well disciplined I don't I don't think that's going to transform into them being a great um addition to the Premier League they might I think the best they can hope for is a kind of the season that Villa had, where they kind of battle away and can can just about keep their head above water, but they don't really have the the kind of the playmaker equivalent of a Grealish. Or well, maybe they maybe they do. So I'll come on to the the, the kind of the main interest is um, in their squad is Mateus Pereira. So he's six million, um, and I'd say he's the one that's most Worth watching. I mean, last season he was he, he was incredible in the championship. He uh, scored eight goals and got sixteen assists. Uh, one of the standout players in the championship. Um, so he is definitely worth thinking about. Um, I guess in the midfield, you've also got. Um, you, some people might remember. So so yeah. So you've you've got a few other kind of pacey players kind of Matt Phillips, but not uh, yeah, not too much to write home about, I'd say. Uh, Grzycki um, is quite an interesting player for them, who was at Hull. Uh, again, he's kind of a wide forward, um, 5.5 million. The thing you don't really have with West Brom is much of a threat up front. So so you've got a choice basically between Hal Robson-Carnou and Charlie Austin, both 5.5 million. Um, they tend to just play one up top. And I think that one because Charlie Austin's more of a goal poacher. I'm not sure he will play some weeks, but I think that means we'll have Hal robson Carnu probably doing the what what I'd call the McGoldrick role of just battling away up front, <laughs> <laughs> fruitlessly at times, but 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 battling away nevertheless. Um, and then again with the defense, well, some everyone apart from Ajayi is 4.5 in their defense, so. I think at home they will be hard to break down. Um, Kyle Bartley is one of the their defenders. Is a bit of a Higazi was there with them last time in the Premier League. So they're both kind of quite big. Um, might get the odd one from set pieces and um, the fullbacks. You've got Kieran Gibbs. You've got um, Dara O'Shea. I think was was kind of a young lad who came in and did well for them at right back. Um, but yeah, I. I well, I don't really have any West Brom players in my draft just yet. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: sounds like a no for me. I just think it's really annoying when uh when they price promoted defenders higher than four point five. Like a JE okay, he, he might have scored some goals from set pieces uh in the championship last season, but like doesn't mean he's the same value as a starting centre back for Sheffield United, like John Egan, does it? Because he's a promoted team. Like West Brom, don't sound that great. It's so annoying because that would be a fair enough pick. Uh, a four point five promoted, unfancied team who might have some goal threat against you know other four point five established Premier League defenders. But that's just life, isn't it? They don't do it to make it easy for you. Um, Okay, I think we can probably move on swiftly from West Brom uh, to our last team we're going to preview, which is Liverpool. Um, So it's it's tricky because we don't really, we haven't featured too much of the big teams because um, Man City don't play in the first game. Um, Man U we talked about a bit, but... We wanted to talk about Liverpool because they are one of the big teams, the champions and they're quite an interesting one for FPL. So uh, we know them very well. We know their top players are, you know, it's pretty much Van Dijk, Trent, Robertson, Saleh, Salah, Saleh, <laughs> Salah, and Mane. They are very similar. They're same price. Uh, they, they have very similar returns last season. Uh, Salah with two three three and Mane with two two one, um, but I I think I'm a bit like Ben is on Spurs. So a lot of people are saying you know look you've got to have Liverpool players you've got to have them in. But I'm a, I'm wavering on the the pick for a Liverpool premium midfielder at the moment. I kind of feel like at the moment Salah's in my team as a, a bit of a placeholder again because I think Salah at home. The stats from last season are pretty uh, eye-opening. That the amount of goals, the percentage of goals he scores at home in comparison to away, is huge. Um, so, when Salah's playing at home, especially against a promoted team, although we think Leeds, you, you know, are going to be a lot more, uh, a lot tighter at the back than some of the other promoted teams, I think he—that's where he comes into his own. Salah. So, he's great to have in there as a placeholder. But I'm going to be keeping a proper eye on him. And if he doesn't look like he is absolutely firing on all cylinders in those first two fixtures, then I think he will be coming out of my team for a KDB or a Fernandez from Man United, because the end of the season, last season, they were, you know, after they won the league, even running up to winning the league, you know, after restart, they weren't the same team. Defensively, they were really poor. They just didn't have the intensity that they had, and in the Community Shield, they they also didn't look up to speed yet, and I think that's fair enough. You know, we're two weeks off the season, and they haven't had a lot. You know, they have a, a season they haven't had many games yet. But I think they're definitely one to keep an eye on, uh, and very much treat them as placeholders at the moment. And I just think another gripe about prices. I just think Firmino. Why is he coming
2: at nine yeah, point five again? i was again? just gonna say again. It's every, outrageous. Every season they misprice him <laughs> where it's you like big. I don't have to even consider him because he's just so. make him an option
0: make yeah. him 8 million like, yeah make him 8 million which is I think what he should be and then he might be in some teams um, but 9.5 just like yep okay I'm never going to play him
2: yeah completely um, agree I was going to rant about that too
0: <laughs> good good yes FPL rant um, what do you guys reckon to Salah and Mane
2: um, I kind of agree with you Duncan, I think they they were not on it end of last season. Um, I think this season, I think obviously, I think will be a lot closer title race. Um, Liverpool, while they they do have a strong first team, like they don't seem to, I don't know if it's finances, but they don't really seem to strengthen every summer. So like, for example, like if one of their front three got injured, yeah. The the bench is like so bad. Yeah. Um I think they've actually been quite lucky that none of their front three have ever got injured for like a serious length of time. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm waiting and see as well. I think I have Salah as a as also kind of like a placeholder. Um also you, I, I I don't know if this is our next discussion but you have KDB and Raheem Sterling just at 11.5 just below them. So you know, I think that there there are a lot of options if you, if you wanted to go without them. And also, I'm just bitter that Salah lost me the FPL, FPL title last year, where Sterling just outscored him so much in that last like ten game, five to ten game week stretch, where he just kind of ruined my title charge. So there you go. You're better,
0: you better. Know, I'm, I'm bitter. You're gonna enjoy rage transferring him out. You're bringing him just so you can get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of crazy. So maybe we should move on to talk about um, our next kind of talking point, which is the premium midfielders and how we're going to roll the season because there's so many options. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? That KDB being the top scoring midfielder last season mm-hmm. is is cheaper somehow than Mane and Salah. It seems bizarre. Agree. <laughs> what did he get? So KDB got. 250 points, basically. Mane was 30 points off him, and he's 0.5 more. And you'd think that KDB probably is the best player in the league at the moment. So, for me, KDB is coming into my team uh, pretty much as soon as I can get him in. I think, yeah, Bamiyang has a nice couple of fixtures. Salah, second fixture against Chelsea, who aren't great at the back, but maybe it's a tougher game than... About me at home to West Ham, so maybe Salah goes for the KDB for me. What are you doing, kind of structure wise, with your teams in premium midfield
2: and Gary? I, I'll, hey ben, I'll uh... go since Gary <laughs> is um, is gone. Um, I, I think there's so much value in midfield. I'm trying to go three-five-two um, this season. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to try and find out early in the season who, who kind of are um, kind of the best big hitters that I can keep for a while. But I may do some kind of like hopping in and out of big hitters. Um, and I'm going to try and use, I think we'll probably talk this on next week's pod, but I'm probably going to have a 5.5 there as my fifth is what I'm trying to do. So, like, um,
0: as your fifth midfielder, as my wow. fifth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you affording that if you've got no one up front?
2: Um, yeah, basically. Uh, so, like, an, um, Armstrong or Sam Maximan as my fifth. And then I'm, tr- I'm going to use one of the Chelsea mids as like kind of one of my enablers. So, like, uh, a Ziek or Pulisic. And then, yeah, try and figure out the premiums kind of around that, whether it's KDB, Obama Yang, Rashford. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what, what I'm thinking.
0: So you, you're kind of thinking of the the new terminology, the new strategy, which is like upside chasing, right? Because yeah. Swapping, them, swapping, swapping in the big hitters and out. So you are you leaving money in your bank at the start of the season just in case you can't or are you just saying, okay, Ober and Salah? Are, yeah, I'm going to probably expensive. do Oba,
2: Salah. I mean, that's what I have it right now, but it could change. But like Oba, Salah, and then you can downgrade them to like a Fernandez or KDB or Rashford, you know. So
0: how many premium midfielders do you have at the moment?
2: Um, right now, right now I have two two big hitters and a Chelsea player, and I... Have like a seven in there as well, but I may try and rejigger it where I try and get I try and get more big hitters in there. And right now I have Werner and Ings up front.
0: What about you, Gary? What's your strategy with uh premium midfielders and big hitters in general?
1: So I I think I'm the same as you, Duncan, the the KDB or Kevin. Kevin, as the commentators <laughs> always seem to call him here in the Latin, Latin commentary, uh is it, kind of a bit of a, a must-have. He was so good last season. Um I guess my only question is he, he kind of got 13 goals, 23 assists. Is that his like his maximum? Is that him at peak? Because no um, no, 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 he's got so penalties. I was just going to say because I mean Salah obviously did have that season where he scored thirty goals. So basically, could maybe Salah's kind of window is like his absolute optimum performance is is a little bit higher. Yang perhaps is it, again you could see him as a midfielder has has thirty goals in him. So um, that that's my only question. I
2: think I, think I think Messi will be on penalties, won't he? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Before before we talk about Messi, I think K- KDB picked up penalties at the end of last season and looked pretty deadly from them. And I can't see him losing that because I think he's so good at w- good with a dead ball. So I think his goal tally will only increase. So if you if you say his ceiling for assist is what he got last season, twenty three, and he adds another uh, seven penalties or five penalties, then he gets around the three hundred point mark. And the bonus goes up potentially as well. I don't know
2: because
0: mm. if he the, he if he doesn't get in his, a goal of assist from open play, but he has a penalty in that game, he's going to be in the bonus straight away because of his key passes.
1: Yeah, I mean he he's he's kind of been a, a must-have, really, isn't he? I, I guess it's whether it's how many players you want to crowbar in because obviously Sterling had probably quite a poor season by his incredible standards, so you'd think he he would be again. Threatening the twenty-goal mark, um, so but you can't you can't have KDB, Sterling, Mane, Salah, abameyang Well, I guess you could, but the rest of your I, team would would look. You know, weak. Uh,
0: I saw a team with that with pretty much that in the other day. I think it was uh, Joe from Fantasy Football Scout had put in a team where every defender was a four point five defender. I think the goalkeepers were both, sorry, 4.0 defender. Goalkeepers were both 4.0. Strikers were like 4.5. Obviously, pretty much none of the players, I don't think, were playing. Maybe a couple of defenders were yeah. 4.5.
1: If you, if you want to pick that midfield, get used to Connor Wickham and Keenan Davis leading the but, line up front.
0: But do you think that might actually be a valid strategy? Like, how much... Like, if you went with all the best midfielders, like, wouldn't there... Wouldn't you get I'd be interested to see what points you get each week, what your average would
1: well, be. I am I am kind of thinking a bit along these lines, because i I think I've complained on this podcast before by the, the the choice for strikers are so uninspiring that I'm just kind of part of me is thinking just um sod it four five one, Bamford up front every game, and just pack the stack the midfield with with like four, if not quite massive hitters, then then Four premium players and one kind of up-and-coming midfielder.
0: If you can push Bamford just to that £6 million price, then you'll have like a few more options than one player, where if he gets injured, you don't, don't
1: Don't get me started on Che Adams again, Duncan. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> um,
0: so how many have you got at the moment, Gary? How many premiums?
1: Um, well, I haven't got any Man City because they're not playing in the first week. Um, I've got Salah and Aubameyang at the moment.
0: Yeah, same as me, and I'm guessing that's the same for Ben. Yep,
2: yep. same for me. Uh,
0: yeah, I think Fernandes is the the one that I'm quite keen alongside KDB to bring in. I just feel he's very similar to KDB, playing pretty much the same role on pens for Man United in a really attacking team. I think they're still going to get as many penalties based on the players they have, and yeah, I think he's their talisman, and I think he's underpriced. I think maybe he should have been a 11 million, so yeah, I think KDB and Fernandez, I like them for the whole season but I am attracted to that theory that Ben was talking about, about upside chasing and just swapping your premiums constantly uh, is that something you might do, Gary? or are you going to pick and forget?
1: Um, I'm going to try, yeah no, I'm, I might do that, I can see one of, perhaps Liverpool have a tough start, so it, it could be that Salah goes out for KDB Um but I, w- I want to have at least three, um, if you're counting, I might go Rashford rather than Fernandez. but basically of those kind of six or seven midfielders are over nine million, I, I might try and have at least three in my team because I, I see them racking up mega points and as worthy as someone like Jimenez is, I'm not sure he gives you that much over some of the kind of six million strikers So Ings gives you that much more. Um so my, my, my general tactic this, this season is going to be stack the midfield. And that's why I've, I've proudly got Keenan Davis at the moment uh, in my, in my forwards rotation.
2: I, I also have Keenan Davis as my third tracker.
1: Do you guys worry slightly that he's going to be so
0: popular for that strategy that when he just doesn't play at all and people start transferring now? His him out, price is going
2: to go
1: down, he's, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's going to drop.
1: Uh, so interesting. So I want, I want to get a, I want to get the four point five million striker that no one goes for, like Connor Wickham or something, just <laughs> just so the price doesn't go down. And then when Davis's price goes down, I, I bring him in.
0: I think that's Vasilev at, at, at Villa. He's your man. <laughs> nice one, guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about, or should we save it for our second preseason pod next week?
1: Well yeah I think I think we've got Andy um dialing in from Tahiti next week so uh, we want to maybe save some of the the rest of the content to to, to hear cuz Andy's Andy's uh desperately trying to find out the the latest strategies and tactics and it's led him to, to Tahiti so um, Yeah he's
0: bravely trying to add to the number of countries that we've recorded from as well which is really kind of him so I don't know how many we're up to now, but adding Tahiti is, is a feather in our cap. And, and he will be moving to Japan at some point during the season. So, yeah, he's doing everything he can from yeah. the pod at the moment.
1: He's basically on the run from the law. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as, a, as a closing question, guys, if Messi does come to the Premier League, how much are you willing to bet that his price would be in FPL? I'm going to ask Ben
2: first. What, what were the old Ronaldo prices? Were they 14?
0: But I think they might have been actually. Yeah, I think, I think that was Ronaldo. You know, approaching a, he was young and virile. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's true. This is this is old Messi. I I, I yeah. still think he would be the highest price play in the game. I think he may come in at thirteen. Okay. Yeah. The, would you bring him seed...
0: in at thirteen?
2: Uh. Yeah, I think so. Just, just for, just for the novelty of it, you know. Yeah. Messi in your FPL team and captaining him, you gotta do it. Yeah. Would it would it matter?
1: Well, we're assuming he goes to City. If he went to say Chelsea, would that matter? Would you bring him in wherever he went?
2: Oh, that's a good question.
1: <laughs> oh no, not with Werner
0: and Havertz and. Z-ish. I think with
2: I think definitely with Sissi because how many goals they scored Chelsea maybe depended on price.
0: What do you reckon, Gary? What do you reckon to his price?
1: I mean, yeah, I was I was thinking, yeah, they might even throw him in at fourteen million or something just to make it a real gut wrencher if you want to bring him in. Salah was thirteen the season after he got thirty-two goals. Um, as a midfielder I I, I assume they would put him on as a midfielder Um, but um, yeah I don't know though they might yeah they might put him in as a forward but I think he's more like one of these wide forwards like a Sterling or a um, Salah or a Mane so I, I assume they'd put him in as a midfielder um, you'd kind of want i mean the, just the you, you, the the kind of the theater around Messi playing in the Premier League and if Messi's playing his first game in the Premier League and say who've City got first up it's um Wolves you've got you've got Messi lining up at Molyneux and the whole eyes of the world are beyond him and you don't want to be thinking oh he's not in my fantasy team he's in everyone else's and kind of being the one kind of hoping he he he, he pulls a pulls a hamstring after 10 minutes and hobbles off, just so your fantasy football team, you'd, you'd want to be on the, the messy bandwagon, wouldn't you, I think?
0: Yeah, definitely. You've got to be involved if he comes. Um, guys, I've built a team. Just before you go, I know you've got to run. We've been running quite late on this pod, but Bamiang, De Bruyne, Salah, Sterling, Fernandez is the midfield. The rest of the team is Nyland, Peacock, Farrell as the goalkeepers, hoping for a heat and injury. Mitchell from Crystal Palace in defence, Johnson from West Ham in defence, Branthwaite from Everton, uh, Douglas from Leeds. All of those four 4.9 defenders could potentially get some minutes somewhere. Uh, Williams from Man United, hoping Luke Shaw continues his injury history. Fermi up front, Kenneth Zahour and Keenan Davis. I mean... I think we should do the joint team this season just so we can play that team and make no transfers. <laughs> yeah, anymore. let's do it. See how it does. Let's do it for the see joint team. <laughs>
1: yeah. We could do star um, midfield versus, yeah, spread your resources evenly with another team and see what, what strategy works. See what happens.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, so for, for our preseason season next week, um, we will be revisiting our predictions that we did last season. Uh, so... Gary, can you remember what the trophies are are named this season?
1: Um, no, I can't, and you put me right on the spot now. <laughs> the, I, can't, the, defend, I can't. the defenders' so, one was the Lundstrom Trophy. I remember that. So we've got we've
0: got the Gro- the Grealish Trophy in midfield as well, oh, yes. and the Ings Trophy up front. So, so basically, we're we're going to be picking forwards under six million or below, midfielders six million and under, and defenders four point five and under. So. We'll have some more minutes from pre-season by that point, and that should be really helpful for your budget enablers and your team. Uh, If you don't follow us already on Twitter, we're at FPLFFFanatics. And please, if you like the show, take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Um, We'd really appreciate it and And help. Don't should you just give the give the league one more time the league code if anyone uh, wasn't convinced from the first first time round?
0: (laughs) So it's let it's the number six. Then it's F T five K C. Uh yeah. So join us on the league, take us on. Um, and just leaves me to say thank you
1: for your insight, Gary. My pleasure. Looking forward to a new season already.
2: Thank you for your insight, Ben. Welcome, yeah. Looking looking forward to Messi uh joining all our FPL teams.
0: Yeah, if if he does, he's gotta be in your the FPL team name. It's gotta be Messi based, hasn't it, in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nice one, guys. And we will speak to you next week.